Pod Fam. What's going on? My name is Hector Santi Esteban, and I am your host. Today, we're here with Emily Aborn. And usually, this show is where you hear me blab and talk about all the things that you can do to have a successful podcast. But today, we're going to talk with Emily, and she actually has two shows. She hosts the She Built This Show and the Content with Character Show. We're going to talk about getting your podcast more visibility. So, Emily, thanks for hanging out with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. So you have two shows, you're 215 episodes in. Give us the quick version of like how you ended up in podcasting and then a little bit of background on the shows. Okay, so I literally feel like I've been a podcaster since I was a little kid. And I know probably lots of people say that, but I was the kid that would like record myself on a cassette tape and do radio shows and things. And then, I mean, I don't even know if you had cassette tapes, but we had cassette tapes and we would record ourselves and then play it back. So it's always been something I'm really, really interested in. And I feel like it's always been something I've done in some sort of capacity as like interviewing people and learning more about them, whether it be through a podcast or a blog or things like that. So it was in 2018, I had caught the podcasting bug bad. Like I was on a couple of podcasts. I had done a couple of Facebook lives with people and I was a co-host with somebody at one time. And I just was like, I must start one of my own. So what I did was I started locally actually in a recording studio. I had New Hampshire women at the time come in and share their story. And I was like a super awkward podcast host. So I had all my questions like scripted out and I would ask them exactly the same question every single time. It was not very conversational. Right before the pandemic hit, I had already made the decision to move my podcasting studio, if you will, to like my home office so that I could do it a little bit more internationally instead of just limiting myself to New Hampshire women. And it just happened to be like absolutely perfect timing because I wouldn't have been able to go into the studio anyway. So then I learned to edit my own show and kind of do my own show notes. And like I did all of that behind the scenes stuff. And I was able to broaden who I was talking to, guests from Australia and Indonesia and Singapore. And it's very, very fun to be able to open up your world in that way. So I think that's the fast track. And then just on the second podcast... I actually worked with my friend Alicia Galati of Galati Media, who did like a podcast audit with me of my She Built This podcast, which had been going for four years. And I was just kind of like, how can I make this better? How can I make this tie in with what I'm doing with my copywriting business? And Alicia was like, I'm so sorry, but you can't tie this into your copywriting business. You have to start a second podcast. And I was like, okay, done. (laughs) So that's the story of the Content with Character podcast and how I now have two shows, both of which I love very much. They're like two very, very different children. (laughs) That's interesting. I'd love to go into that decision. I've felt similarly, and we have some clients where the business interests and the show don't totally align. And so how do we bridge that? So kind of walk us through that decision and why you guys thought that it would be best to actually start that second one. Great question. So I think it's really important as a podcaster, and I was not clear on this when I got started, but it's really important as a podcaster to know why you're doing what you're doing. So I don't think I had an answer for that until I was four, four and a half years in. And then I was able to say, okay, the why that I'm doing this is two things. It is to give a voice to women and have them share their business stories and their lessons that they're learning in their own journey. 
And it's also to kind of use my podcast as a collaboration tool, like a networking thing. So I have people on my podcast that I really just want to like have conversations with. And it's such a good way to collaborate with people because you're giving them something and they're giving you something of value. Like you're both bringing value to the table when you have a podcast. So when Alicia and I looked at it, I mean, that was really the answer I came to is like, this is really a conversation. I have a community that is called She Built This. And so this is really like a conversation for that community. It's a way to bring new voices into that community and kind of like open that up. Well, I mean, frankly, I don't make money with She Built This. That's like my passion project. I make money with my copywriting business doing website copy and blog copy and things like that for people. So that is my bread and butter. I was trying to weave little content lessons into the She Built This podcast, but it wasn't congruent. It wasn't as bad as if I had started talking about like Ford trucks on my She Built This podcast, right? Like if I had some business selling Ford trucks and I was like, today we're going to talk about Ford trucks, but it was not quite congruent. And there were so many things more that I wanted to share. So I decided to start the Content with Character podcast. The second benefit of having that other podcast, which is just a solo show, by the way, it's just me. I bring my own unique concepts and ideas to the table. The other benefit of it is now I have a resource point. So if somebody asks me a question that I get asked all the time, instead of me sitting there and writing back an email, which takes me an hour, you know I'm going to give them all the information. I can direct them to that podcast episode and say, you know what? I did a podcast episode on this. It's really generalized. If you want more individualized information, like we can have a strategy session or work together or whatever the thing is. Now I sort of have all of these steps to different pieces of my world, basically. That was why I just realized she built this wasn't quite the way to get them to that part of my world, if that makes sense. Yeah. So many directions that I want to take this because... Managing multiple shows is its own conversation. We started off the topic of getting visibility. So I want to stick to that because those listeners who are with us still, I want to honor them. And when it comes to that, with you being a copywriter, that's something that I've always been challenged with. I mean, I can't tell you how many times the cursor just blinks at a blank page when I just stare at it. And even the stuff that takes me a long time is not very great. But I've also realized that in order to repurpose and distribute your podcast in the variety of different ways. There are some writing, there's social media captions, there's YouTube descriptions, you know, there's all these different places where where writing kind of comes up. So when you think about it from your perspective, how do you see the world of copywriting and podcasting colliding? Or how do you see that marriage or, or partnership? How does that work? Okay, so that's a really great question. Really quickly, just in case that loop is open for anyone. When it comes to managing two podcasts, I just want to be forthright and say I cut back on one so that I could make room for the other. I am not an advocate of just adding more things to your life, to your plate to add more things. So that's a question. And that relates to our visibility conversation. More is not always more. Deciding, oh, I'm going to be more visible. I'm going to do more networking. I'm going to do more copy. I'm going to do more blogs. It's not always more. It's sometimes just more. So it really has to be aligned for you and like make sense for you. So I want to start with that because that's like really, really important. And it goes into copywriting because I think a lot of podcasts make a wonderful vehicle for turning directly into a blog and directly into your social media. And technically, you shouldn't really have to create anything new during the week. You could just 
record an episode, break it down into various pieces, and that could be your content for an entire week. So that's one thing I just want to talk about right off the bat is like energy management around that. But not everybody wants to do a blog and not everybody wants to do an email. So let's think about some other ways that visibility comes into this. And I think one thing which we're doing right now is collaboration. As a podcaster coming to the table with this like give, give mentality. This is not a take, take. This is like, I want to come to your podcast and really give something of value. And you're giving me something of value, which is a chance to share with your audience and meet new people and meet you. So that's one thing. Like, I think as podcasters, we have this unique opportunity to collaborate with one another and like really help each other to lift one another up by saying, Hey, you like talking to me or you like listening to me talk with this guest? Go listen to their show. I just did it right before you and I got on. I had a podcast interview with a woman named Tanessa Shears, and I absolutely love her podcast. It's called Becoming Limitless. And I gave her lots of opportunities to share about that podcast because for me, I was like, This is a favorite of mine. My guests, my listeners already like me. So the next right step is for them to go listen to her. So as podcasters, collaboration is one of my huge focuses for visibility because it's not always just more copy and more content. Sometimes it's just using, utilizing what you already have and also getting yourself onto other people's podcasts getting yourself into those other ears so you can talk to their listeners too and get them to know you. Yeah, this more is not always more thing is so huge because I'm realizing that I'm the type of person that like, and I think it stems from my sales days where it was like, make a list of a hundred and then just go after all of them and do it all. You go and you're not that there's just a point of overwhelm. I realized that it might actually be better to go deeper with few people as opposed to necessarily wide and narrow because things start to fall through the cracks and and such. So you've got a, a little bit of a framework though. This is something that you do, I'd imagine, for yourself and with your clients. Talk to us about the framework and how that whole thing works. Yeah. So this can really play out nicely for a podcaster, I think. Let's just focus on, I guess, breaking down your episode. The four types of content that I recommend people share to give your audience, your listeners, like a really cohesive, well-rounded body of content, because that's what we're building. We're building like bodies of content. The first one I focus on is educational content. You know what? Actually, I use like a little garden analogy. So I'll use a garden. Okay. So the first layer is the soil layer, and that's the foundational stuff. Who you are, your why, your actual what, your who you help, that really, really important foundational stuff. The next piece is the water. So the educational stuff, like the things that are nurturing your audience. So in every episode, we should kind of be showing who we are, telling who we are, telling who we're helping, and giving people something that's helpful or educational. Educational doesn't have to look the same for everybody. For some people, it's going to look very teachery teaching. Some people, it's going to look a little more coaching. Some people, it's going to be kind of like, here's a personal example and what I learned from that personal example. Then the third area is personal. And that's what I consider the sunshine. It's all that bright, sunny stuff. I mean, some of us have a dark personality, but it's basically showing your personality to your audience. And that could look like sharing a fun fact. It could look like the fact that you could say to your listeners right now, you can probably hear my kids in the background. It's things like that. Those little pieces of ourselves that we're putting into our content. And then the last one is the stuff that we all need to keep our businesses running. And that is 
the promotional stuff. And I like to think of it as the wind because it takes your listeners or your readers and guides them to the next step. With my content with character podcast, I put a piece of wind in every episode. And that is, if you want to book a strategy call with me, the link is in the show notes. If you want to do this, the link is in the show notes. Here's what I talked about in the episode. The link is in the show notes. I mean, we put these into every episode, but when you really think about it and break it down, you can take a step back and pull out each of those pieces from the episode and they're standalone pieces of content. So now I have something personal, a personal story that you and I shared at the beginning of the episode. I have something promotional. I have something educational and I have something foundational each and every single time I sit down. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's a great framework. I love models and frameworks because it gives us something to repeat. And especially with podcasts, because there's not that there's a monotony to it, but it keeps going. There's no end to it, which is great in its own regard, but it creates its own unique challenges. And so having these frameworks and saying, okay, what's going to be my personal story? What am I including my foundational? You've already built out much of the episode where now you've just got to fill in the pieces and fill in the gaps or pick the topic or whatever it may be. And yes, those of you guys who can hear my little guy is he's battling it bad guys in the living room there. It sounds like some enemies are getting seriously slain. So (laughs) he would, yes, he is all about that right now. So where do we go next? Is it beneficial to go deeper into each of these four categories? Is there a five, six, seven? Is there a bonus? When someone says, okay, I got that. Those are great. But then how do I implement or how do I actually execute it? Where do we go next? Well, we can talk about the four categories again, or break them down a little further. But one thing I do think that is important and you brought this up is that consistency piece. I think that's another huge, huge piece of visibility. So it's like, let's say content is one of your pillars. Collaboration is one of your pillars. Consistency is a huge, huge pillar. And I think that often we get consistency confused with frequency. So I just told you I decreased my frequency of one of my shows. I'm still very consistent with that frequency. But for me, I had it at four, I had it at every single week. That was my frequency. So I was showing up every single week. I reduced that to every other week. And now that's my new frequency. So, but I plan to, and I would encourage all podcasters to do this to the best of your ability, be consistent with your episodes. First of all, it builds your trust in yourself. And it's like those little tiny micro steps that get you four and a half years down the road and 200 episodes in. You're like, wow, look what I just did. It doesn't happen overnight, right? We don't get to 200 episodes overnight. It takes that consistent showing up. And then the other piece of consistency is that your listeners come to rely... I mean, like, I don't know about you, but there are podcasts, if they don't show up on Friday morning, I'm like, what the heck? Your whole day's off. Yes, I was looking forward to listening to that on my walk. That was what I was waking up to listen to. So consistency is important, especially as you build that know, like, and trust, as especially as you're showing your personality through your podcast. Like You want to be showing up consistently because that's another great way to increase your visibility. It's not thought of often. you know, like It's not thought of as actually like a visibility tool but it lets people know that you're in this for the long game. You're not just like, I'm starting a podcast. Now I'm doing this. Now I'm doing this. Now I'm doing this. So they can come to rely on whatever it is that you're building. Yeah. I'm realizing that the false belief that I had was that if you were newer, that would impact and you weren't as consistent that that wouldn't have as big of an effect 
as if you're more established, because if you're more established, then there's a lot of people waiting. But I don't know that that is necessarily true, or I don't know that that's necessarily the case, because what you're talking about is that stickiness is, I imagine, especially important when you're getting started and when you're growing, because there's only, I don't know, 50, 75 people. So you kind of need all of them to come back. You know, it's funny because I'm thinking back to like when I started mine and I would get discouraged looking at the numbers. Like I'd be like, oh, there's only 50 listeners or there's only whatever. I'm not saying only 50, but whatever that number is that makes you say, oh, there's only this many people. So that can be discouraging at the beginning. That is why it's almost more important at the beginning to be consistent because the only way you're going to build up that number, I can't even tell you how many of the first episodes I'll look back on and they've like, quadrupled the listeners because people go back and they listen to every single episode you've ever done once you start gaining new listeners, right? So it's super, super important at the beginning, especially I think to lay the foundation with those episodes and just keep on going. Plus one more thing about it. You start to learn what your message is, what you become a better interviewer, you become a better podcaster as you keep on going. Stephen King did not become Stephen King overnight. You know what? He has a great story about all of these rejection letters that he got. Like he used to submit all his stories to publishers and they rejected him all the time. And he would nail the rejection letter to a wall. The nail got so full of rejection letters, he had to pull it out and put in like a railroad spike for his rejection letters. That's Stephen King. So what I'm saying is as podcasters, you don't just sit down the mic's hot and you're like this amazing podcaster, you have to keep learning and growing and learning also what your message is. Like what is really at the heart of what I want to share? Who are the kinds of people that I want to talk to? Who are the people I want to talk with and have on my show? What do I want to talk about? Takes a lot of practice. I've read this recent stat, which I loved. And it's like anything you do for 18 minutes a day for a whole year, you will be in the top 1%, I think, of people doing that thing. If you do something consistently for 18 minutes a day for an entire year, you'll be in the top 1% of people in that area. So let's just break that down on a weekly perspective. If you show up for an hour to your podcast every single week, you are going to be one of the better podcasters by the end of that year. Yeah. I think that you raised such a good point in, in the fact that things change. And you said that it takes practice And I also think it takes iteration because we help a lot of shows to launch and develop their strategy. And and a lot of times it is helpful to think through these things. And there are a certain amount of things that we need to figure out first. But then there's invariably comes this moment where someone says, well, we could try this and we could try this and we could try this and we could do this. And the great thing is with the podcast is you could literally do whatever you want, but not everything is going to A, resonate with you or be your audience or be even sustainable in that regard. So I think a lot of podcasters have to realize that, wow, we went through this too. We rebranded our show. We originally launched this show as the Marketing Your Podcast Show and realized that it was not lining up. And so we had to rebrand as more general. 
to the Podcasting Success Secrets show. But that was a tough thing. That took a really long time. And we delayed that. Even though we knew it was a good idea, it still took a while to make that decision and even longer to actually execute on it. And so all that to kind of give podcasters the idea that not everything is going to be perfect from the start. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I love what you said about iterating because you can try anything and see what sticks and what doesn't. It's okay to throw spaghetti at the wall. But I would say once you find a piece of spaghetti that sticks, stick with that. And then it's like, okay, I'm going to give this a fair try, like give something a fair try before you just decide yay or nay, which it sounds like you very much did. And you made the decision very, very intentionally. Yeah. Well, I'm good at talking, but everything else, it becomes a challenge. So there's the graphics. The main thing was just getting the cover art redone, if I'm being totally transparent. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) When we ended up just doing a totally simple change and it could have been done in 10 minutes. This has been so fun, Emily, and I'm excited to hopefully have you back on one day. One thing that I like to get some insight on, especially from people like you, are favorite tools or softwares or apps that either you can't live without or you really, really think could benefit podcasters. Well, it's so funny because I'm like the anti-technology person, but I love, and this is going to sound, people are like, yeah, 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 grandma, we get it. But I like Otter AI, although I'm considering switching to something called Fireflies because I think it's going to be a better fit for podcasters because it gives you action items from any call. So when I'm putting together my show notes, you know how you have those conversations and you're like, what was that resource they said? And then you have to like go back and listen for the resource. Fireflies AI will give you what the action items are. So it's like Emily said she would include this in the show notes. It will put that in the transcript for you. So you as a podcaster can know exactly what resources you mentioned. I think it's going to help the show notes process be a lot easier. But right now, I use Otter AI. When that subscription runs out, I'm going to give Fireflies. I think it's just fireflies.ai a try. And where can they find you, Emily? Where's the best place to get connected with you online? Yeah, you can find everything you need to know at emilyaborn.com. And I feel like that includes the color of socks that I like the most. So, (laughs) All right. Very cool. Well, that would go right in line with your personal relational part. I'm going to have to go back and re-listen to these guys because I was hearing that framework and I was like, ooh, I need that. So I would encourage you guys to go back and re-listen to this as well. If you made it this far, we want to thank you for being here and appreciate your time. And we'd love a rating or review wherever you get your podcasts. If you know another podcaster who is out there on their journey, someone who's thinking about starting one, send them an episode and let's build this community together. The last thing is go get connected with Emily and I and let's make some magic together. We appreciate you as always for being a part of the pod fam. We'll see you on the next one. Later, y'all. Later, y'all.